G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. We are going, uh, we're skipping over the overpriced forwards because there aren't really any and we're talking the mid-priced options in your forward line today. Let's go. G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Joined by Luke once again, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Always good. Um, kids were back at school today. First day so, back with kids? Yeah, and first day on the high school for me too. So oh. um, I, I didn't get beaten up. By a, a okay, no one took your lunch kid. money. No one took my lunch money. Oh, so that's good. As far as I'm concerned, that's a win. That's that is a win. That's a win. <laughs> uh, back back at work. Hot day here in old Brisbane. It's going to be a hot week as mm. well. So, uh, not wrong. You know, plenty of room for some hot takes. Oh maybe, my goodness! What oh, no. a segue that was. I wasn't sure where you were going. But, uh, but we're talking about we're talking about uh, mid prices. But before we do start. I'm officially retiring our groveling days. Yeah, I've got to congratulate um, so, you, mate. You, you've done well. It only took you one one grovel. Yeah, so well, <laughs> welcome to the show, Selby, the goat, yeah. uh, Morera's Magic. A lot of people would know him on as Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the uh, And I, I call him the goat because he really is the father of the modern-day fantasy philosophies. Um, yeah. I, I've learned a lot from his podcast yep. and his uh, season guide, which I've been a user of the last... Uh, um, last yeah. couple of seasons, yeah, and um, proceeds for that one goes to a great cause as well, yeah, which yeah. is worth so, a shout so out. So it goes out to tra- uh, cha- charity. So yeah. if you haven't ever uh, used any of his um, stuff before, I would highly recommend it if you are a serious hat chaser. Yep. Um. So, but he has uh, officially followed me on Twitter, and uh, hopefully, Selby, if you're listening, shout out to you, mate. Um, he- I'll extend the invite, I guess, to everyone else of the fantasy community, all the other podcasts out there, <laughs> the the Hat Chat Boys, the Pod Pod Boys, <laughs> the Coaches I Panel the guys. Was over. <laughs> this is just the one last little grovel. If you want to, if you want to come and give us a follow, we would love to have you on board. We want to get everyone around us. Oh, uh, Selby so, so followed you, but he didn't follow me. I, I oh. and I don't, I don't even begrudge him. Like I, I can only imagine a guy who's won it twice. Probably had I've a paid bit. him money before, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's okay. It. So you paid him off. I can imagine he had a brief look at my Twitter and thought, mm, yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> well, uh, well, Selby, you know, let's get on board, Luke Rojo seventeen. Uh, but yes, thank you to everyone, yes, all the big yes. names um, that have come across and followed us on. Twitter, it's it's honestly didn't expect no. you know this kind of response yeah. so quickly. It's like really we've nice. only been you know recording this podcast for it's January twenty three. I think our first Couple podcast weeks, really. was on the third. So yep. it's all happened very quickly, and um, we've been embraced. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone so far that's yeah. done that so far. Been but, awesome fun. Uh, let's talk about some fantasy forwards. I'll let you lead off our first guy. I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk about him on yeah, this podcast, if, but you insisted. No, but, and uh, look, it, look, Mitch didn't want to talk about Dusty. Um, and to be honest, look, as far as fantasy goes, I love Dusty. No, you know and as far as fantasy goes, I don't really want to talk about him either. But if someone says you get a chance to talk about Dusty, then I always <laughs> take, talk about take Dusty. The yeah, so there will be some people out there that might be thinking, "Hey, Maybe Dusty the, presents yeah. a little bit of value." I don't know if I would subscribe to that theory um, but when you've got a guy who has previously averaged 110 and he's priced 
uh, in the mid seventies, I guess there's always going to be people who who go and yeah. reach for that. But you are reaching a fair way back. So in his um, Brownlow season, uh, when the Tigs won their first premiership, he did average one ten. Uh, but we know that a lot's changed for Dusty since then. So last year. He only played the nine games. He obviously had some um, reasonably significant stuff going on in his personal life as yep. well. And we all kind of know that um, Dusty's definitely not the kind of um, person that, that um, will put that stuff on hold, which I, I respect yeah. about him. I yeah. think he goes uh, and he, he sorts that kind of stuff out and he, he um, you know, is a, a big family man as well. From what I can understand, I'm speak, speaking like a known person. He's but, your best mate, isn't he? <laughs> well, he doesn't know that yet. But yeah. um, So I just don't see... He's, he's priced at um, 75, 76 and to give us any sort of significant upside he'd be need, needing to be go around the 100 and uh, I just don't 90, see it 95. You think yeah. about what's happening at... What's happening at Richmond as well? They're bringing in gun midfielders right. to play in the midfield, so that Dusty can be the damaging four that we know he's going to be. Yeah, maybe yeah. he maybe he comes and averages three goals a game, but it, that doesn't mean he averages hundred points. Yeah, so so you know, a few years ago, like you know, 2018, 2019, 2020, you know, after his big one thirteen season, he has averaged 93, 97, 90 points. So. You know, price at 76, if he went and did that, that actually wouldn't be the worst pick. I just don't see it happening again. Yeah. He's, and I wouldn't want to rely on it. It's, it's a very downsidey kind of pick. He, he doesn't tackle anymore, uh, <laughs> yeah, doesn't, much to, uh, uh, my criticism, but he, he's a name that some people might gravitate and catch their eyes. But I think in terms of fantasy, there's too many other great options to, yeah. to even really consider a Dusty Martin. But in case you were, um, I would encourage you to, to scratch him off Maybe your not. list. Maybe and, yeah. and if he does go well, trust me, I'll be cheering him on. Um, um, Absolutely. But that's more as a Dusty fan yeah. than a, than yeah, a fantasy fan. Yeah, that's as a footy fan. So yep. um, let's move on to the next guy this here. This next is a different story. This, this next guy here we do need to absolutely consider. Mm. Ben Cunnington, um, North Melbourne. He's uh, 31 years old, so doesn't make my team... And Well, I don't research much further than that. Okay, but, okay. But, I've been um, waiting for this episode because this uh, of all the 30-plus guys that I thought you might be... Considering, I thought he might be the option, but I really want to hear your thoughts. I just don't think there's enough meat on the bone. I think that uh, in terms of, especially in a forward line where there's so many other options, I'd have to be wowed and I have to be sort of blown away with the value that I think there could be there. He has never really been a enormously high upside fantasy um, player. He's much better suited to that super coach style format where he's, you know, in and under contested clearances, clearances um, which rewards that kind of player a bit more. Um, you know, his season high average was actually in the 2021 uh, season where he went 99 uh, on 15 games, mind mm. you. So not the entire season, but outside of that, his only other... He's only had one other season averaging 90 plus. Yeah. And so I just don't expect at 31 years of age, you're going to put up sort of, you know, close to career high numbers. And I don't know if he's back into the midfield as much as he was back yeah. in those seasons. Um, obviously, he's come into a slightly different team. There's a few young guns in there that I think demand the opportunity more than him. And obviously... Yeah. Sam Doherty set a high bar coming off his sort of um, you know treatment yeah, and battle think, with cancer. I think and that's I think worth that's, fantasy aside. That's worth acknowledging, isn't oh, it? That, that this is a fellow who, um, if he comes back and he plays, um, you know, AFL for all the credit to him. Um, oh my goodness! Like to go through something like that and and come back is amazing. Oh, I kind of subscribe to your theory there, Mitch. I think he'd have to basically put up career best numbers to be twenty points of upside. Yeah. Um, if he only played two games. The problem Last is though, year. yeah, like he's he's been discounted 
on his career high. Exactly. That's the, um, that's the problem. If which he is were, just tough. Yeah, he only played the two games last year, and that's why he's not um, priced at that that average of the yeah. 52. If he was, I think it would be a different story. Um, priced at 75. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, you, so you'd want him to go 90 to 95 to, to, yeah. to justify that pick, in my opinion. For me, he's still... Even with all those flags that you kind of mentioned, he's still a guy that if if it gave me the right balance in my team and I was able to like get to a guy that I wanted to and, and then it was sort of Cunnington or someone else, mm. I, I still can see a scenario where I, I put Cunnington in. Um, yeah, I, if, if he plays a, an uninterrupted season and there's not much um, detriment to his role with other players coming into that midfield... Mm then I don't see him really going under 90. And yep. that would be kind of 15 points of upside. And if, if it kind of made something else work for me. Um, so if someone said to me, hey, Luke, I'm going to select Cunnington, I'm not poo-pooing them. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not to that point. Yep. But it, yeah, it's... Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, t- it's tough because obviously you want to be selecting the best players. Um, you know, Cunnington, you know, when he... In, in 2021, when he was putting up his career high, he was going in there at 72% CBAs. Mm. Uh, by no means were North Melbourne a good team that year. They're no. probably not going to be a great team this year. So, look, it wouldn't astound me or shock me if he does get sort of close to that ballpark, but I'm just not necessarily willing to sort of go out there and, and you know, bet money on the fact that he, he, he would. and career and, best and, numbers. And uh, when I've yeah. got a few other options that I feel like I could do, I think there's usually some other way I can find the money to, to sort of make my team work. But like I said, it, it wouldn't shock me if he, at the end of the season, if he's right around that top 10 forward yeah. line. Uh, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me completely. This is probably a good opportunity to acknowledge the fact that the forwards are a little bit unique this year in the fact that it, if you've listened to, our, listened to our previous pod, you'll yeah. see that there's actually plenty of um, undervalued premiums that that could be starting in our squads this year. So looking at this list, I can really kind of only see myself maybe picking one of these players. You're going to pick your undervalued premiums, you pick maybe one of these mid-prices, and then hopefully we've got some rookies to fill our forward line with. So yep. you're right, Cunnington, um, you know, top bloke, hope he goes really well, but I think there's a guy on this list that I, I might have pegged before Yeah, him. yeah, I, th- I think so too. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking at, and, and typically, and to, to just piggyback off your point, typically the forward line is the opposite in terms of we usually have a lot of breakout guys yeah, where yeah. we can go that cheaper sort of price point because it's not that hard to crack into those top six forwards historically. You know, if you go an 80-85, maybe that's sometimes enough to be that top well, six Heaney, forward. Heaney wasn't great last year and he got he pretty was, close. He was top six and, yeah. um, and, and so in, in seasons past, you've sort of had players um, sort of pop in and out um, by the nature of the position and, and how they designate those um, forward uh, eligible players. But I think that Cunnington, he's more popular in other formats yeah. than, than ours. Um, but I think that, you know, if for AFL fantasy, I'm, I'm not looking into him too, too heavily personally. Um, All right. yeah. Let's so move now, on to the next guy. Yeah, so we've got a fella who's um, coming back into the North Melbourne fold and we're going to a fella who departed as quick as he came in pretty yeah. much. So we pretty controversially talk- <laughs> too. Yeah, and this... Um, I didn't know how to feel at the time about this fella. I kind of had that feeling in my gut of like, oh, I don't know if that's what you do. But then, um, you know, player empowerment, if, if you're in a position that, um, you know, is, is not working for you, I guess go and go and change that. Um, Jason Horn Francis is the young yep. fella that we're talking about. And I think, is it too, um, am I being too harsh to say that he, like he had a, 
probably a disappointing first season based on where he I was think so. drafted. Yeah, yeah. there was a lot of hype. Obviously, a number one draft he pick. He wore Dacos. I think uh, the tough thing for him is he's drafted ahead of a Nick Dacos. Yes. Um, now... Uh, I always wonder with those kind of things, you know, the father son. You know, if, yeah, I, I, if, if Dacos wasn't a father son, I think are you we picking can him number one. I think you been. were. Yeah. Um, I think obviously, you, as a North Melbourne club, you want to sort of give that illustration that hey, we'd pick you number one anyway to give him sort of that vote of confidence <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But yeah. um, obviously, wasn't enough in this situation. He's gone over to the Port Adelaide uh, Footy Club. He averaged um, last season, uh, what did he average 62, for? I yeah, 62 think. points yeah. per game. He also did that on a 42% CBA clip. So yeah. he was in there for, for stretches. That's significant um, for a rookie too. For a rookie. Yeah. So, so he, had, he had points in there. I think, obviously, young player, there's some fluctuations there. His highest score for this, the season was uh, in round four against the Swans. He did come out and have a 94, but mixed in there, you had a few 30... It was a 35, there was a 29, there was a 49. No, I don't think any of these were injury-affected games. He um, He's someone that can... Uh, I can sort of find... He goes missing a little bit. I yeah. think he's prone to giving away uh, some free kicks a lot at times as well. It didn't appear his mindset was right last year either. Did not, I, I know no. we're assuming a lot just watching a fellow on mm. television. It's kind of... It might be harsh to say, but it just didn't have that feel to it. I, there's almost a feeling with me this year, I almost wish I could hit the reset button on him and yeah. go, like, have another go yeah. as, a, as, like, a... Um, rookie price player because I hope uh, for his sake that being in a a place where he's requested to go hopefully his footy comes on leaps and bounds there was like I feel like that element of just frustration being on the side that he was in and sort of like you know not necessarily playing to not that they weren't playing to win but obviously knowing that you're going to win yeah. very few games. It would have been season. a frustrating side. Um, but, but in saying that, a lot of rookies drafted highly come into those situations and, and maybe handle it a lot better, in mm. my opinion. So, mm. look, I didn't I didn't really love the way it all went down, just from a, a footy fan in me kind of point of view. In terms of fantasy, the fact that he has already had that sort of 42% exposure to the, the center bounces, um, we sometimes talk about that second-year jump. Port Adelaide's midfield. Is, I see that potentially going down. Yeah, it's probably is, more stacks than the Ruse. Um, yeah, so he we talked go, about Rosie yes. and Butters in the last podcast. Yep. You've still got Wines in there. You've got Boke, who's still probably not completely out. What are they doing, Will and Drew? Like, yeah. there's still a lot of names to go in there. So. I wonder what that conversation was like, Mitch. Hey, when they're going, okay, yeah, like we'll get you over. I wonder if there were any promises made, or yeah, I think I, it would have been I, hard to I be hope demanding. Not because yeah, I yeah, mean, it's hard in that situation to be making demands. Exactly. Yeah, so. and I think that. I think it's more just eventually we're going to get you in there, but maybe just not like this season. Like I still expect him to be maybe thirty percent, twenty five percent in there. But you know, again, when you've already experienced forty two percent, yeah, and he probably will be better in in season two. He's at a better club, yeah. so so there is room for his uh, price and, and his scoring to go up. But I just don't think it's enough for me to confidently lock him in and yeah. uh, and sort of project a huge sort of second year breakout, um, despite him having. You know, high promise as a as a junior. So, so I think we both agree it's a no there. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a pretty easy no for me. Um, and there's every chance in the years to come he goes on to be a premium. Like if you that is a a um, uh, like an under eighteener, um, a lot of those guys 
go on to be big accumulators. Yep. But we'll just have to wait and see with him. Yeah. This next guy here. So we had a couple of we had a couple of no's so far. This next guy here um, is there's a lot to talk about. Okay. But he does interest me. Okay. And so you're he, not going to go as far to say yes just yet. No, but. I'm not saying yes just yet. But he definitely, definitely interests me. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, he interested me last year. Taron yeah, Thomas. A lot of people um, were burnt, weren't they? <laughs> I started with him in my team last year. And I, I've got some learnings from Taron Thomas, and I, I couldn't, okay, I couldn't quite place my finger on sort of what went wrong and why you know the pickup went wrong last year for me picking him in my starting squad. Well, it went wrong because he went poorly. <laughs> he, went, he, uh, he, he played poorly in that first game. Actually, yeah. started off the second game with a flyer, but got injured at halftime at forty nine. So yeah. he was on track to turning up on that second game and doing what I expected him to do, but yeah. obviously not to be. And then uh, after that. Pretty poor a lot of back. other off-court issues, off-court. mindset. Um, he's sorry, off-field, <laughs> uh, and then obviously he's been in the news recently, which I will cover in a second. But just yeah. to go back to that point, um, what went wrong with me selecting him last year is uh, that thing that I talked about you before about picking and choosing your sample sizes. So you picked the last five games. I did the last five games, and, <laughs> and I think that that's where a learning for me now. Yeah. Um, obviously, when I reflect on his season, he actually was in the center bounces. A little bit before those last five games. Now, that the last five games for his season in 2021, he did um, he did really well. I'll just pull up the stats in front of me. Yeah, he went at 107. That's that's right. With um, scores of 126 and 120 in there. Yeah, so he had well. some ceiling about him, um, but that was on 50% CBAs. But if I actually extend that sample size out to round six onwards, when he started getting more yep. center bounce attendances, yep. uh, 48.5%. So only. In those last five games, it was only 1.5% more than what he'd been doing for most of that season. Uh, he was averaging uh, 86.5. So, big discrepancy, 20 points discrepancy there. And obviously, by selecting that smaller sample size and just kind of assuming that that was his trajectory, I think that that's what undid me in that kind of a pick. So, yeah, And that's it's good to acknowledge that because I think that's yeah. a trap that a lot of people mm. fall into. And even, even listening to us, we, we sometimes pick and choose the sample. Hey, it's seven games in the middle of the season. Hey, it's this. So uh, be sure um, you know to do your own research and to really ask yourself why. Why was why is, it that? Why is it the change? Yeah, yeah. If yeah. there's a role change, if there's a distinct difference, you know, sometimes I've reflected in, in these podcasts and talked about when a player gets... X amount of percent CBAs, this is what they score. Or in like a Dylan Moore's case, so, you know, there was a clear, okay, now he's in the center bounces before he was yeah. just used as a forward. So I think those hold a bit more weight, uh, whereas these sort of last five post buy, if it's kind of more of the same at the start of the season, it, uh, it holds a little bit less weight in my eyes. But but I want to talk to you about, uh, I'm not sure if you've had uh, much time to sort of research this, but he's he's been in the news recently. He has, um, he has. What are your thoughts on the off-field stuff yeah, so affecting his fantasy? Uh, so my understanding of, is he was maybe charged with unlicensed driving or something like that. But it, the, in the off-season, of, yeah. Yeah, that's sort of semantics. Uh, look, I think there was also, um, I think he was also charged with um, and I'm going to screw this up, and I apologize if I do, but he was charged with threatening to uh, expose an intimate photo of an ex-girlfriend okay. or something okay. like that, um, which is obviously not on and not something yeah. that we endorse, but it's we're, we're, we're trying to view this from a point of how does this affect his availability to the team and how yeah. does this affect his legitimacy to put up fantasy stats for us. So from my perspective, this probably goes to a point that I actually made on on the last podcast and that was that um, I like to pick guys in the team who 
show me not just in their football ability but in their character that they're the kind of player who isn't going to drop their head on the field. They're aren't going to be the consummate professional. They're not going to miss games through ill-discipline, ill-discipline stuff. And, um, you know, no doubt there's there's factors that might be contributing to some of those off-field choices for Taron as well. Um, but that stuff, it, it doesn't spook me, but it pushes me towards the no camp. And when I looked at the stats, yeah. I, look, I, I was less interested maybe than you were, Mitch. Um, and it... I mean, the tempting part of it is he's valued at fifty three. Yeah. So that's if true. he if it's he so plays, cheap. it is, and if he plays all the games and he does get some of that midfield time, then you can definitely see thirty, if not more, points of yeah. upside. But for me, it was just too scary looking at those previous stats. So even last year, he had that injury affected score in round two, but then when he came back, he didn't set the world on fire. He just in the very short time watching me, he kind of strikes me as that guy that if it does start going wrong, it, there, there yep. might be a little bit of mental that. fragility yep. there. Yep. Um, so maybe a little bit scary for me, but I can definitely see why it would be very tempting. Yeah, so there's there's, there's probably two things that make me still a little bit interested. In it. And I've heard a couple of podcasts, not to name any, that have sort of completely ruled him off yep. with a lot of this preseason news. And I'm not doing that. I want to rule him out of my team. It's definitely a negative. It's not something you want to see. Yeah, you don't want to really be ruling lots of players out this time. Especially at this time. So for yeah. me, I think that, you know, number one, if I, without picking and choosing that sample size, what we saw with that role where he was kind of going at that nearly 50% CBA role on a North Melbourne club, um, he was averaging 86.5. So at this price point, that's 30 points of upside right there Um, with the potential of maybe doing more as a younger player. Now, obviously, last year we didn't see as much of that. It was disappointing. Um, So uh, my confidence in him getting there in that role may be a lot less than it was 12 months ago. The other thing that has me interested is the fact there's a lot of reports out there with him playing the half-back role this season and maybe doing a little bit of that and the midfield. And obviously, half-back compared to playing in the forward line is a lot different when it comes to fantasy scoring. Yep. And um, we've seen players like Zeeble, we've seen players like Aaron, Aaron Hall on yeah. this on this uh, sort of North Melbourne footy club really get a lot of scoring opportunities uh, in terms of fantasy points um, in that sort of a role. So Taron is 23 years old, yep. still young. Um, there's obviously been high raps on him from a footy point of view in the past. He's disappointed last season um, because of attitude and, and off-season stuff. But... Yeah. The talent's still there. Yeah, talent doesn't it's, go away. It, it's still someone that I'm watching. I don't. I'm watching in the preseason, yeah. um, and he does have that upside to be that 85 to 90 guy. And when you're priced at 55, that's a lot of upside and potentially someone that you could carry for a long way through the season if it all goes well. Now it's a lot of yeah. ifs. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's one of those things. It is if, still something I'm looking at. Yeah, if you were to completely shut your eyes to him and, and not be watching him, I think that would be a little bit irresponsible. Um, but it's going to go one of two ways. And he's going to look at the off-season stuff and he's going to go, I've got to make amends or it could all spiral for him. So um, hopefully for him as a person and a footy player, it all goes well. Uh, but another one, we wait and see. Yeah, uh, I, I would not I would be lying if I said that he hasn't spent a little bit of time uh, training with the boys at, uh, at Mitchman. <laughs> so so he's, like he's, he's part of the squad, but by no means obviously locking him in. Okay. So definitely one I'm keeping okay. an eye on. Well, that, that, that culture at Mitchman should really... Pull him into line. Bring him in, yeah. yeah. Between myself and Clarko, we can probably uh, <laughs> we can probably get him on the straight and narrow. Oh, you know, he's two coaches. <laughs> um, so, all right, let's move on to another young uh, young player here in Tanner Brune. Uh, moved from the GWS Giants over to Geelong. Yeah. 
um, obviously potentially maybe seeking more of a, a role or at least getting away from a, a team that maybe hasn't performed to obviously the Premiership winning yeah. side in Geelong. Um, Interestingly, yeah, price I mean, cheaply. Yeah, and I don't know. Um, Tanner's motivations for, for the move, of course, but um, if it was kind of to get more CBAs, there's a couple of guys that have left EWS that might have opened up a few, but he, you're right, he is off to Geelong, so um, what we see from his data at GWS is he's kind of got a reasonably low time on ground um, for other similar type players, so he's an, he's an interesting one in the fact that he kind of hovers around that mid-60s to 70% time on ground. Uh, there are some 80s in there, but sort of in that range, but then also with 27% CBAs, and I know yeah. Compared to some of the guys we talk about, twenty percent, twenty-seven percent CBAs isn't all that high. But I kind of still, I, I kind of feel it's at least in there a little bit. Isn't yeah, it? I feel like for a guy who averages thirty percent CBAs, I want to see a score better than fifty-three yeah. as an average. Yeah, um, especially for for a guy who's a midfielder, I'd want to see a bit more accumulation. And then for me, um, I think we mentioned this with. Um, can't recall his name. Um, the other fellow who entered Geelong in the off season. Uh, oh, Bose. Bose. I think yeah. we said it with Bose. You know, Bose isn't strutting down there with the chest yeah. puffed out, saying, <laughs> "Boys, this is how you do G'day it." Boys, uh, uh, let me s- add it, and you guys s- just sit back. Yeah, sorry, Tanner and Jack. We just yeah. want a flag. We'll yeah. show you how to do it. <laughs> yeah. um, so for me, it's kind of like, yeah, maybe he's gone for some success. He's gone for a role, but he Geelong haven't taken him in to be a fantasy pig, have yeah. they? Yeah, no, obviously, and, and obviously Geelong, you know, adjusted their game style a little bit last season, and it wasn't the most friendly of adjustments, but yeah. I will say this about the Geelong uh, midfield, they have a lot of guys running through there, um, It's it, and, and they're not shy about mixing and matching, they obviously sometimes rest some players here and there. So um, do you see him more time on ground, more CBOs? Um, I don't know if it's more, but he, he will be there in a little bit, I yeah. think. So last year, what was he? He was um, 27%. I did um, take out some... So I tried to average all of the games where he was in the midfield at some point. So I took all of the games out where he had zero yeah. ad- okay. attendances. And in those games, averaging 39% CBAs, he averaged 63 points. So that gives him maybe close to sort of... 10, 10, 10, moment, 10 yeah. points upside, um, you know, being 20 years old, could he then just naturally just get a little bit better, maybe playing for a better side? There's a little bit there, but I'm reaching. I'm reaching a lot there, and I think, yeah. obviously, there's more proven uh, players there. So When you find yourself reaching, it's probably a bit of a signal, isn't it? It's like, it nah, is. this is not my yeah. man. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I think that whilst there is potential there, I think that, like I said, there's, there's probably just better options, but a name... Yeah. Maybe just to monitor, yeah, uh, keep bump up your draft boards potentially as a forward yeah. uh, that could potentially... Cheap and young. Yeah, so uh, let's move on to the next guy here. Um, I originally thought that this guy could definitely be an option for us. I'm cooling on him recently. Okay. Darcy Tucker. John Tucker. Um, yeah, so Darcy Tucker moved from the Frio Dockers to North Melbourne. So yep. kind of the opposite of the player that we talked about in terms of going from a not-so-good team to a premiership-winning team. Yeah. This player is going to North Melbourne where you would think he walks in as maybe one of the more senior players, one of the more experienced players on that team. Yep. Um, so comes in with a bit of a discount, priced at 51.6, Um Still just 26 years old. He, um, you know, is he a guy that comes in there and plays? He's played a bit of defense, played a bit of wing at yeah, times. He's been a bit everywhere. Um, in, in, COVID, in the COVID season 2020, so he went at about 50% CBAs for an average of just under 60. And I think adjusted, is that around 75? Is it 1.25? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's say that's about 75. It's only kind of, yeah, there was 
an eight-game sample in that year, so we didn't play all the games. There was an injured score of one, but it, but none of it filled me with confidence. So let me put it out. I'm rambling, yeah. but none of it filled me with confidence. He yeah. hasn't um, in the last three years. He hasn't played the full season. Um, the best he's kind of managed there is is 61. Um, yeah. It, I know sometimes when a guy changes club, particularly when they go to a club that perhaps is um, like lesser in stature where they might get more opportunity, yeah. Yeah. there's a tendency to maybe jump on players like that. Um, but Darcy Tucker for me uh, is, is a no-go. Another thing that factors into that as well is he's um, recently had knee surgery. I think he had... Um, Meniscus oh, surgery. Yeah, I hadn't yeah, heard of that actually. So he's so. had a slightly interrupted preseason. If my okay. that's um, good information. Always actually. good. To, always good to check my facts. But, <laughs> okay. but um, yeah, at I, least that, once a, the to article. Look for, I can yeah. I'll check my own facts here. Yeah, but yeah that's my understanding. So your okay. thoughts? Yeah, I think I think you know you sort of see what he's done in the past, and again you sort of don't necessarily realize how long ago that he was. It was. I mean, twenty twenty. We take those scores with a grain of salt. Twenty nineteen yep. was his, you know, highest averaging season where he put up seventy three in that time. So that's you know, if we were to do that, that's more than twenty points of upside. Definitely something that you consider. Um, but again, seventy three probably doesn't bring you close enough to that top ten mid, uh, sorry, top ten forward line, especially in a year like this. Yeah. Uh, so I think you're looking for a little bit more and. Again, when you talk about like wingers, especially moving to a poor club, a lot of people would remember Will Phillips a couple of years ago, who was a guy who came from uh, a Collingwood side over to a Hawthorne. He came into the preseason, absolutely blitzed it, uh, and then came back and, and uh, obviously was very disappointing that season because yeah. the Hawthorne side that he was coming to compared to the Collingwood side that he was coming from, there just wasn't enough points to go around to yeah. sort of get that outside ball that wingers kind of require to, yep. to get their, their stats there. So I think for me, Darcy Tucker, I initially kind of thought there was a, a bit of upside, but I think it's it's too much of a reach for yeah. me to, to confidently say he's a decent pick. Knee surgery in September, meniscal tear, suffered in the waffle, afl.com.au. There you go. All right, that's a pretty reliable source. <laughs> I would I would hope so. All right, let's move on to the next guy here who, again, uh, I think is a, a very interesting option. Um Wayne Miller. Now, again, maybe, maybe sends shivers down your spine if you started him in your side oh. like you did, like I did. Um, did you? Yep, you Me did too. as well. I think Me a lot too. of people did. I think um, he and Rosie were the first on the chopping block. After yeah, round so one, obviously yeah. disappointed. Played a very different role than what he's done in the past, though. He was used exclusively as a forward, really. Yeah, last which season. we know is poo poo. We don't want that, if especially on a team like, you know, Adelaide when they're not sort of, you know, the best in the comp and the, the ball maybe doesn't st- spend as much time in their forward 50. Yeah. As uh, perhaps like a Geelong or a Melbourne does. There's but people that seem to. I mean, I know I've only been at it a couple of years, but there's people that seem to aggressively hype this guy. And I don't know if are they are they Crows fans. I'd like to get some inside intel, but I'm not sure what it is. I I, uh, I was burnt last year, and then people are going, "Hey, he's going to be he's going to be waxing across half back." I'm like, Jordan Dawson's going to be waxing across half back. Yeah. Like for, for me, I don't. If that's the role you see him scoring well in, I think he's at least second fiddle to. Jordan Dawson, yeah. if not other Adelaide backmen. I mean, he's... What, so, if we were considering him last year, yeah. he was coming in... Uh, I can't remember exactly his price tag, I but I, I feel like year. it's pretty similar, if not cheaper. Yeah. So, if he was an option last year, and 
but he's does cheaper. He, but does what he did this year make that worse? So the, the reports the reports are now that he's he's playing back in that half back defense, like in in the defensive line this preseason. Were so, those the those the reports last season, and that's why we all jumped on. Well, over? see, the thing was with him, he had a pre- interrupted preseason last he did, year. Maybe he didn't play a single um, preseason game. We expected him to sort of. We just yes. kind of penciled him in there, yes. hoping that yeah, well, oh, it's clear value. Oh, yeah, he's, he's enough value, and we never really. He gave it a second thought. Didn't play any of the games. We weren't sure if he was going to be named. And then all of a sudden, that night before, when all the teams dropped, we, we panic. We see his name <laughs> there. We need We're someone. grounding Wayne. for value, and we Help just go us. in for Wayne Miller. But, you know, if he's having a better preseason this season around, and he's back in that you know, defensive line. So you're going to double dip. You're going to go again. I think that there's some <laughs> merit to it. I think that, oh, like, obviously days. people are going to be... Uh, burnt by it but if we, we, we still have to look at it from like a logical point of yeah, view yeah I know I, I said we, yeah we shouldn't be shutting our eyes yeah we? So, so I mean and it was you know 2018 2019 put up averages of 75 and 77 in both in those seasons respectively so what's he's that, still only he's still only 25 like he's he's still a young player so those averages he put up were in his third and fourth years yeah. um, he then obviously had a, uh, only the two games in 2020 with injuries um, 2021 missed the entire season 2022 played a completely different role. So the most recent example of him playing in that role we have, although we maybe hope here to play, yeah. he's been a 75 guy. And at priced at, where is he priced at at the moment? He's priced at 50, 75. So 25 points. 25 points of upside, upside potentially. Yeah, without doing too much. I mean, if he plays in that role across halfback, even with Dawson down there, you, you really don't yeah. see him go much less than 70. Is that enough? And is the downside worth that risk? Yeah. I think maybe 75, it's it's that shade away from that top 10, top 15 forwards. So, so he's not... He's maybe not, not quite enough. The guy on this list that you're considering... I'm assuming the next guy down is the guy you're most considering. Oh, I think you might be right. Yeah, yes. and, so, and then do you think that in the forward line this year... You're going to pick two mid prices, or I know, I think I know there's a lot of water. Could be potentially to go room for it. Um, yeah. Right now, my structure is allowing one mid pricer, yeah. but you could potentially again rookies yeah. dictate well, our so structure. Maybe we've got so many gun rookies in our forward line that Dunkley in the it, midfield. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> who really yeah. knows at this stage? I think, like, I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so far for me, like a, a Taron Thomas and a and a Wayne Miller are at least. I'm still watching. I'm yep. still considering the potential. Uh, whereas this next guy here is the guy that's sitting on my side right now. And I think most people have him in. Yes, he's one of the more he's one of the more popular players. I think he's right up there at. F- Oh, yeah, I want to say forty percent. So we're, we're alluding to it, but we'll segue to Toby McLean. Toby McLean now, from the Bulldogs. This is a fella that, um, when you look into his history, he's had a little bit of a rough trot at it, um, but showed in one game last year, and it was uh, the elimination final that the Dogs played. That a he's still got it, and b he goes about it in the right way. Yeah. So um, he's one of your typical guys that that um, isn't afraid to get his hands dirty, fights above his weight class. My understanding is not a, hu- a huge man by any means, no. um, but he gets down and dirty. Um, he does those things, and you do have to go back to look for it. Mm. You do have to go back to look for it, but he's a guy that can score without. CBAs. Yes, yeah, so which 20, we, 2018 and was we, his best season. Yeah. So average 94 and a half points. And I don't... Again, that was 
Was that that was the year before I started playing uh, AFL yeah, Fantasy? Yeah, so you do have to go back for it, but th- there's a reason you do. He's he's had a bit of a, like a bit of disruption. But as much as we talk about, you know, we want guys to have CBAs. When guys can come out and score like that without CBAs, that just makes your ears prick up a little yeah, bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he uh, and obviously there's there's scoring available or up for grabs at the Bulldogs. Lucky yeah. Hunter's gone. Yeah. Josh Dunkley's gone. There's yeah. a lot of points gone from your team right you there. You don't see so. him being an inside midfielder, but I think you mentioned I, that I don't, previously. I don't think so. Um, so it's I think, more Hunter. That, I think he's more that half-forward wing kind of yeah, type. I guess Dunkley's um, a bit of half-forward, yeah. So, so I think that's kind of the role I see him play. But again, when you price as cheaply oh, as he my, is... My days um, so 45 or something. If he, yeah, price at 45, oh. 401,000. Yeah. So one of the cheapest guys we're talking about on this list. He's 27 years old, so still right in the prime of his career so he's so risk free hey like yeah. at that price yeah it, it's like if it doesn't no work you go down to a rookie and, and whatever yeah. um, I, I do really like the fact that he came back and played that final that gives me a lot of confidence that the club yeah. was, was very keen to get him into the side uh, okay yeah it's, um, Mitch is not saying oh he scored 100 in one game it's more about the the, cl- the club's club obviously thrown intent. him straight in there yeah. Um, yeah. so that's that's a good thing in terms you of the security in the team that's right that's yeah. right and um, and also just the fact that you've got a guy coming off an injury uh, from I can't remember was it an, is it an ACL that he's coming yeah, off he, of he did yeah so, so a similar example would be like Sicily for example yeah. um, not in terms of like obviously the position and scoring ability, but Sicily yeah. was a guy that a couple of seasons ago did his ACL towards the end of the season, missed the entirety of the next year, probably could have come back at the end of the year, but but just held off because there was yep. no real point rushing him back. Um, uh, Toby McLean has that kind of similar storyline where he, you know, he's not coming into and still rehabbing that knee. He didn't do it in like round three of last year. Yeah. It's been 18 months since that injury, so... He's a guy that's well and truly over that ACL, and I think he will have a pretty in- uninterrupted yeah. preseason. But and by all reports, he's he's training well. So. Yeah, and we'll be looking for that uninterrupted preseason. Why? I mean, guess how many tackles he had in the final? What do you have? Oh, I've got it right in front of me. I looked nine. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but yeah, no, that's that's good. a hungry yeah. man. Hey, then that's, that's what you um, want to see. Like yeah, that's... to do that in the forward line, I think is what he played. Maybe did push up to a little bit of wing, yeah. which is why he's got the midfield um, DPP there as well. So, so for me, that kind of epitomizes the point that I was making about selecting a guy based on his character as well as his footy ability. So for me, that's the opposite of kind of what Taron Thomas is going mm. through at the moment. This is a guy who's rehabbed an ACL. He's come back to play in a final, and he said, "Boys, jump on my back. I'm going to have yeah, nine, a great game. nine plus fours." Yep. Um, um, like yep. that speaks to the mentality of guys that you want to have. In your he scored a hundred with no goals. You know, that's yeah. I, I like that. Um, only yeah. had two marks, so he's got twenty-one disposals and nine tackles. That's yeah, a guy that who's just intent. obviously he's fighting hard for those those points. So I, I like that. I am just monitoring his role. Like I don't think he's necessarily a one hundred percent lock. Like if he if he comes out and he's playing like a forward pocket. And he's going to be like 50. Yeah, it's... it's What's his um, ownership percentage? Uh, it's at 29%. So okay. of all these guys, he's by far the highest yeah. owned player. So yeah. okay. um, 29%, that's, that's decently high. I do expect it to probably climb up a little bit more as well. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, he is um, he is probably uh, definitely the most popular of these guys. And I think it's, it's justified. I think he's probably... Maybe the safest. So and cheap. Oh, like I said, he's risk-free almost, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got one more guy that we're going to talk about here. The best um, name in the AFL. Orazio wanna... Fantasia. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, Orazio Fantasia, obviously, I think, did he miss every game of the season last year? Yes, no um, games. Yes, so zero no games. So obviously, he gets that 30% discount on yep. the prior season. I think that might have been the second time he's done that. Uh, I played one game. Oh, sorry. Did he play it? So, what where, have I got here? Oh, unused substitute I've got here on on, uh, on footy wire. So Oof, that. um, that's interesting in round nine. Um, yeah. I'm not sure from memory if he 
came back and re-injured himself. But anyway, very it's, cheap. Priced yeah. at 45 so pretty much 1000 cheaper than Tobin McLean. He obviously is probably more of a traditional forward than a Tobin McLean. Maybe yeah. doesn't get quite up the ground as much as, as much as him, but... Has had seasons in the past where he's averaged close to 80 points. Um, he's, he's a pretty gun forward, but yeah, the I, role is probably not as friendly. No, it's not. And the thing about uh, Fantasia in this situation is really, fantasy-wise, he hasn't historically done anything to write home about, but he's just so cheap that that's why he kind of makes yeah. this list for consideration. And I think um, he's been getting his tyres pumped up on social media as well. I think there's a Has few he? people getting around saying he's looking good. Maybe okay. they're all Port Adelaide fans. Yeah, but, maybe. Um, but he's just so cheap, so that's why you can't kind of completely snub him. Um, a couple of people started with him, I think it was two seasons ago, when he was of yeah. a similar price. So, so we're, always, we're always looking for upside, and like to get 20 points of upside, he only has to do 65. Yeah, it's not much. And if he's in favour, I saw an interview with Ken Hinckley, and Ken Hinckley seemed pretty excited to have him back in the team and around the boys, so... But I would, I would argue that, that, that 65, even 20 points, it's not enough. I, I, I'd need you him to go 30, more. 40 yeah, plus points. Yeah, because then you want him to, you know, Because you compare him to the rookies, rookies you know, yeah, that's again, exactly you, right. you, those rookies are going 35 points over their price tag, so... Yeah, um, he's, pr- he's essentially in that category, isn't he? Yeah, so, so... I think some of these guys that we're talking about, we're presenting a bit of an opinion, but we're really only locking maybe one of these guys into our team, and at the minute, um, until proven otherwise, it's uh, it's Toby. Yeah, so for me, Toby McLean is the guy that's sitting in my side right now, but I am still keeping a close eye on Wayne Miller and uh, Tyron Thomas, are probably the two guys. Maybe Ben Cunnington, if he... Uh, no, actually, he's 31. Oh. He's, off, he's off the list. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't backflip. Yeah, no, no, no. So, so yeah, uh, Taron Thomas, Wayne Mellera, um, but Toby McLean is uh, clearly the, sorry, the, the man out in front right now. Yeah. Um, do you, are you sort of McLean or no one? Like, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm not as, maybe the word's comfortable with yeah. Miller and Taron sure. Thomas. Sure. Um, but, you know, sometimes you have to make uncomfortable picks. Like, that That can be how you win it sometimes, I'd imagine. So, um yeah, for me, I'm putting all my eggs in the McLean basket and I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that that yeah. comes off. As as I put my team together and I kind of see the structure, I'll see whether there there needs to be another mid-pricer in there or whether I can fill with rookies. Um, but, I mean, we've said it so many times. We're so early on in the preseason. We're, we're speculating at this point and yeah. we really do need to see what happens with those rookies in the preseason to kind of lock some things in. Yeah, yeah. So that's, um, that's it for our mid-pricer forwards. Let us know down in the comments if you think we've forgotten anyone, anyone else you think we should consider. What are your thoughts on all of these players and uh, how many do you have in your team right now? Next podcast, we've got that dreaded other oh, position. So rocks. we've done our defenders, done our mids, done our forwards. Set and forget. Set and forget? With yeah. who, but? Yeah. Oh, Max and, uh, Max and Max Grundy, and Grundy, right? Mundy. Mundy? Gondy. 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 Yeah, Gondy was the one. So, going to go through the rucks. We're going to just dedicate one whole podcast to basically all of the relevant yep. rucks in fantasy this year. So, uh, obviously, less options. So, we won't do the overpriced, underpriced, mid-prices. Just going to go through all the options that we think potentially could be viable in that position. And then, uh, and then you know, there might be a sneaky team reveal coming next yeah, week. and talking some, some new content. Points of difference, all this sort of good stuff coming. So, again, make sure you guys are subscribed, like the video follow us on twitter um if you're listening on podcast give us a five-star rating i'll see you guys next time bye